Hitting record. Crazy busy week of fighting, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I can't believe more fighters have not discovered that. With me, of course, the man, the myth, the Twitter legend, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? I'm tired. You're tired? Is it because of all of the crazy fights and all of the crazy, hard, journalistic work you've had to do to keep up with said immense amount of fights? Yeah, it's it's hard out here for a pimp. It is just... I've done so much tweeting and work. Like, at some point, when I was watching the set of World Series of Fighting Fights yesterday, I didn't know where I was anymore. Because <laughs> I was also uh, splicing together parts of the... UFC fight night undercard that I didn't get to see while I was at work this week and then trying to catch up on the ultimate fighter nations, which I was sleeping through. (laughs) Well, you're a very busy man, so don't beat yourself up. These things happen. Speaking of things that happen, we are ready to introduce a new segment to the show. I've got to get better at the segues, by the way, that Mm -hmm. wasn't even good. Speaking of new things that happen, what the fuck is that? I sound like a Newton Law without any real merit. I have with me, ready, our first official movie review for the podcast. Are you ready for this, Raf? I would like to point out that we are an MMA comedy podcast, so movies have nothing to do with what we do here, right? True. That is all true. Okay. Okay, But we're a podcast first and foremost for the people, and the people that enjoy this type of movie are also the people that enjoy our type of product. Hey, screw it. I'm doing Nuff Said, Kevin's Movie Corner. You get ready in your chair with your name on the back so we can review some films like Hollywood stars. How do you feel right now with that intro? Are Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. I just feel very sad for you. But okay. well, I'm intrigued I'm gonna... <laughs> to hear where you're going with it. I watched Lone Survivor, which for those unaware has been just royally promoted by the UFC. So much so that Goldberg interviewed Marcus Luttrell and Pete Blurg about the movie. Um, first of all, it's a team of Navy SEALs versus 200 Taliban soldiers on a mountain during the day. Nuff said. Raph, what do you think about that as my sign-off when I'm saying things that are definitive? Nuff said. I think that's normally when things end, right? So is this done? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even close. So well, there are why two would you stories here. There is the obvious Operation Red Wing, which is what the movie is based off of, for Navy SEALs going to do recon on a key value target. Um, and then there's also the part about this... Marcus Luttrell surviving for three days in an Afghani village. They're kind of two separate stories. Not enough time, so they basically chose to make the movie about the battle, which is awesome. Um, and there were... so They did take some liberties with the Taliban protection scenes in the Afghani villages that were completely Hollywood dramatizations of the book. Nothing even remotely close. Um, but I did read it. The movie's amazing, and I can speak from someone that's a big fan of the book. It's great. Nuff said. Nuff said, Raph, which means I'm only halfway through the interview. Mark Wahlberg, Taylor Kirsch, Ben Foster, Emile Hirsch being great 
in the mountains. Let me tell you something. I you like you lost me when you were talking about Marky Mark. Cool. The first part is pretty much about the seals and their pre-mission behavior, in which Marky Mark plays a very small role. The middle is all the battle and how that battle ends. And Marky Mark's just one of four main characters, pretty much throughout the main film. Um, the ending is a really great tribute to the actual members who lost their lives during Operation Red Wing, which was super sad, that part of the movie. Um, but this is a fighter's movie. If you enjoy close violence and silenced weapons, every part of this movie is great. Let me ask you a deep question. Are you prepared? I'm going to ask one deep question about this movie, and then we can move on. Mm -hmm. Marcus Luttrell, the SEAL that wrote the book and obviously survived the ordeal, is in the movie. He plays one of the team members that dies in the helicopter crash. Spoiler alert, but the entire book, the entire movie is based off a book that was written seven years ago, so people can fuck you and your spoilers. Do you think it was therapeutic for him with dealing with survivor guilt to watch himself die on cinema? Do you think that changes the way he sees it? Well, let's put it this way. I feel like in the time you started doing this review, I died. And I'm having to now probably listen to myself when I review this podcast die all over again. So I, I understand kind of where he's coming from. Nuff said. I believe it might have been accurate. I'm reading from my script now. This movie had that one deep question, but I'm going to end this. Down? Oh, I wrote every word of this. I give this movie 10 out of 12 punches on the puncho culo meter. Warning. This movie is violent in a real way. Finally, great movie. Recommend it. Nuff said. And that's the final rough Nuff said, ref. That's it. I would like to point out, you said Nuff said at least four times, right? Yeah, but that last one I said, finally, Nuff said, all done. <laughs> but Nuff said should be finally. Do you understand how those words are very similar? I don't, but I'll take your word for it. I only okay. have a master's degree in words. Some what? of them. I don't. That was my oh, way of retorting. UFC Fight Night was this week. Raph. Let me tell you one thing real quick on a real note. Okay. Uh, I work at a company that made that movie. Oh, do and you? We can see it for free, and I didn't want <gasps> to. Oh, it looks really not interesting. Like they always ruin war movies for. I think anybody who remotely cares about that sort of thing. But for me, like I said, they really lost me when they had Marky Mark. Now, Ben Foster is a good actor. And hearing you explain actor. how these things are, are happening in there, I'm kind of like, He's look, this actor. is a movie I will get at $1 on a red box. Are you talking about good director Peter Berg? Mm-hmm. Peter Berg. Peter Berg's great. Director of Battleship? Well, he had one weird one. He did that. I rest you know, my case. We all got to work. On. I would direct Battleship if they gave me the option. You would be the demo for Battleship because you're the only person who would be <laughs> dumb enough to say, I played that game. I want to see it in a movie. I watched this just so Rihanna. Hey, whenever the UFC goes to Atlanta, by the way, that's always an interesting fight. Luke Rockhold, whom I kind of like, beats the hell out of Philippow. Anything of note from this UFC fight night that you would really like to – hammer uh, home to the listeners. Not particularly. I'm still, like, even as you were talking, the beautiful part for me is I was just watching the fights on my TV because I just zoned out. I was like, Kevin's going somewhere, and he wrote all this down. He's very proud of himself. But I'm going to go ahead and watch the fights. And okay. I'm trying to catch up because there's so many goddamn fights. And 
you know, that, that's not a problem. We like hearing all these fighters get out there. It's just a matter of, like, I don't even know if this shit made it on the fight pass. That's the most <sighs> egregious point of this whole series of fights. The idea is that they put them up there after they put them on Fox Sports 1. They don't put live I went things to go look. They do put live things on there. It's just... <sighs> God, you don't understand this, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> they put True or live false, events. did you watch the fight on Fight Pass? False. No. Is the answer. No, you because not. you can. The reason is, if they put it on TV, they don't also put it on Fight Pass. Uh, at least I what? thought they were, but I guess they're not. Okay, well, that aside, it was a lot of... It was a lot of fights this week. I mean, World Series of Fighting, which we'll also talk about, but Tough Nations premiered. I couldn't even find it. Is it on Wednesdays? Is it Wednesday night? Uh, It's on Tuesday nights now. Or wait, was it a Wednesday this week? I don't know where it was. Maybe it was Wednesday. It was actually the the after show to whatever the the fights were on. So yeah, I think it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. And uh, the problem is they put it on, for me... At 7 p.m. And I'm still not even done with work at that point. Like, I'm usually transitioning home. So I miss the whole card and I have to come over. And then they put that on. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll start watching it. And oh my god, is it boring. This is the most boring ultimate fighter that we've seen in a while. And I just and... want to be clear that people understand who this condemption is coming from. You are arguably the foremost expert in Ultimate Fighter Entertainment, and you enjoy it. You have watched every episode like a diehard. I enjoy it. I think it's a fun product. I love seeing new talent come out of it, and I still think we'll see some new talent come out of this. But, like, Dana's not there. Dana is doing his Charlie's Angels phone-in that we talked about. So he did it via Skype. Um, It could be you, for all I know, just just so we're clear. And I, you know, like, as we always do here, I wanted to start on the one-minute review, but I fell asleep three times while trying to watch this show. He's a busy man, but you will bring us the review at a later date, correct? I, You know, let's say yes. But Let's say yes. <laughs> things can change, because if I see the next episode and I'm not in... I may start reviewing older episodes of The Ultimate Fighter. That, were that would be awesome. Excited. That would be kind of cool. But, yeah, it was, oh, God. I just want noted I'm all in on that plan. Well, Tough Nations, look for a review coming next week when hopefully they hit the interesting meter on Raph's spying interest. And he can, uh, I'll try and get caught up if uh, I can find that genie that has my second and third wish. So maybe I can find a replay of it before I, you know, Mm. have to see it come out online. World Series of Fighting had some problems Displaying the fight live. Okay. The fight. Let me walk you through this, Kevin. In the very beginning, they put them on uh, the prelims on the internet. And it's a standard thing. Not everybody has the best prelims. You have trouble always finding things because you don't know how to use a computer or try. But this was interesting because during the actual show, the actual broadcast on the internet of the prelims 
Bass Rutan and whatever Joker he was talking to that was part of his announce team never knew when they were on camera. In <laughs> fact, they redid an entire segment because they weren't sure if it went out. You heard PAs talking. You heard uh, technical directors talking in the middle of everything. You heard them constantly say, wait, are we filming now? Is this what's happening? Not okay. Good. Not good. You heard them trying to give out hashtags in the middle of it. Like, uh, my brain started melting at the amount of productions, uh, stumbles that were happening. And worst of all, you know, I've seen better production value at cable access shows than I did at World Series of the Fighting yesterday. And it was sad because we want competition to succeed. But for the love of God, hire some people who know what they're doing on these production podcast things. I'm curious if there's a company that does this standard. There has to be, doesn't there? Like, I, There's no way you can do that type of live. I agree with you. I watched some of the live broadcasts and it was ridiculous. And if I'm a little flabbergasted, because doesn't it seem like the company would have to figure that shit out? Because we're not talking about the advanced metrics here. We're talking about basics. We're talking about pointing when it's fucking time to go. I agree. It's a weird... Do you know that? Do you know if it's like a specific company or if they can skim corners? I have no idea. It's NBC Sports, so I'm equally as about it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So as we transition towards some more World Series of Fighting discussion with a special guest... Um, we do have one brief moment so you can address your podcast nemesis. Are you ready to talk about it? I didn't know we were doing this. Uh, I mean, I think it's important that you air your grievances in 30 seconds or less. I'm going to need more than 30 seconds to air my grievances. (laughs) I'll tell you this right now. Okay. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, you know, I really wasn't thinking about it, but I did tell you guys I would listen to OpenMattRadio.com's interview with Matt Kirtley, who was also on our last podcast. Um, let me let me tell you a few things. Uh, first thing is I listened to it objectively. I listened to that podcast as an objective viewer who is going to tell you which podcast was better. Would you like to know my finding, Kevin? Yes. The better podcast with Matt Kirtley was Verbal Tap Podcast. Ooh, I felt the rain Africa. That makes me want to sing. I'm sorry. It makes you want to sing that song? I Yeah, I don't know why it would come to my brain. You've only been singing it every break we've had for three I weeks. I say this. Uh, okay, um, production note to those of you who are listening. Uh, sometimes <laughs> when we are recording and there's a down moment, like we're waiting for a guest to show up or we're waiting for some sound issues to come through or Kevin just says, like, hold on, I need to do this cocaine. I, on the other side of the world, start singing Toto's Africa. <laughs> and I don't know the words to it, but I know that I miss the rain down in Africa in a high pitched vocal is a great way to sound check. And Kevin, you know, for his most part, is like, it's not going to get in my head. And I'm like, you're goddamn wrong. It's going to get in your head. 
within seconds. And it usually does. And I consider it a personal moral victory if I can get it in his head by the end of the podcast. But that's has nothing to do with Paul Moran and the terrible podcast that he put out with his name on it. It's unfathomable. And let me tell you this. Oh, God. Yes. He put out a podcast with Matt Kirtley. That's fine. How Matt long Curley do you think it runs? Ethiopian. Um, yeah. Six hours, knowing Paul. I mean, between four and nine hours. It's two hours. Jesus. Like, at one point during the interview, I'm pretty Did sure Eric that they out- asked each other what they're doing with their taxes this year. <laughs> and then they actually filed their taxes on the podcast. That's what I heard, too. That's fact. That then, sounds like things that actually happened. This is the one that really fucking ruffled my feathers. Uh, we didn't even get an exclusive feathers. on Magic the Gathering. Oh, does that ruffle your feathers or does that make you feel good? Because it makes me feel good that it wasn't well, just us. No, it actually oh, – I okay. was I was pissed because I wanted the exclusive of it. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be something I wanted to talk about. But if we have it, it's ours. That's true. I think I see where you're going with this. And more importantly, are you ready to get to our first guest? Mm. No, because I have okay. one more thing that was really <laughs> No, Kevin. No, I'm not. Go ahead, Raf. The floor is yours. This is Thank our you. cast. It's not oh, my geez. cast. Matt Curtley, this this precious human being was not doing anything wrong. And if you guys haven't contributed to his Indiegogo campaign with Marshall Carper, I highly encourage you to do so. We'll put a link on the website. Um, their 3D jiu-jitsu is amazing. And uh, the fact that they want to do this reverse uh, crucifix omoplata thing, it, it's like you saw those videos. How awesome does that look? I love the crucifix and I still am trying to learn how to set it up or even begin to navigate it, but it looks awesome. Yeah, I don't mess around with any of that shit because once I saw him do it, I was like, I'm going to break someone's arm. Or my own. (laughs) More than likely, it'll probably be my own. You're right. Somebody's going to not make it out of this. I'm going to be the one person who like rolls the wrong way and was like, shit, I broke my own arm. Damn. Wow. Um, Fuck me running. But you know what Paul had the audacity to do? Hope. No, come on. You're better than that. He had the audacity of asking Matt things about, like, his history, training. Fuck you, Paul. We get it. Does that jiu-jitsu, where he gets his mentality from, and, like, even talking about his lineage of jiu-jitsu. That's Paul from Open Matt Radio delivering all of your boring news. Asking him all of the questions that, like, what? People want to know in jiu-jitsu? No, thank you. Berg would ask if he were trying to make a movie about it. Uh, Detailed. Surrounded by fucking kids. I like that you whisper, though you're clearly mic'd. I can hear you. Raph. It's good you know. But I will say this. If you guys get a chance, why don't you go listen to that podcast for yourself? Let me know if you it. think my, yeah. my review's inaccurate. Because, again, I reviewed it objectively. That's the only like thing you know how to do. That's right. the only thing you know how to do. Is to goddamn objective, if anything else. If nothing else. And speaking of ab- that objectivity, let's roll it right into our next interview. First interview. The interview. 
that interview? Eh. Oh, I'm sorry. I just learned prepositions this week. <laughs> Let's just go to it. Verbal tap, listeners, fresh off a World Series of Fighting 8 victory. We have on the line Cody Bam Bam Bullinger, who defeated Tyson Nam by unanimous decision. Cody, how are you doing this evening? How does it feel to get this first big pro win in the spotlight? I'm doing good, guys. It, uh, it, it feels good. It's definitely better than taking a loss, you know. Um, Things could have gone better, but uh, you know I'm happy and you know, glad that I won. <laughs> that's great, man. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm curious. Fighting at this level, does it feel significantly differently than it does? Because we don't get to see a lot of the non-glamorous parts of fighting, right? When you're taping up in a locker room of a high school, things like that. So, how <laughs> different is it to fight at the World Series of Fighting for a big-time venue? Um, I wouldn't say it's too different. I mean, you know, it's obviously nicer arenas and, you know, bigger stage and whatnot and, you know, better competition, but, um, you know, it feels the same as every other fight. They don't have, like, a personal uh, ball assistant that just walks around making sure your sack stays, like, a hefty <laughs> distance off the ground. There's no one that does that? No, no. Okay. Maybe for the main event, not, not for me. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> Kevin, why does your brain go there? Is like that's what main fighters do. I just thought, what's the number really one thing? Doing? What's the number one thing I would want if I were at a new venue? I would want a personal ball assistant. <laughs> I thought I was in the norm there. I guess. Oh god. I guess that's, that's not. A good idea. Thanks, I'm have to work Cody. That into my next contract with them. See, more that unites us than divides us, Raf. That's all I I'm saying. I don't. First of all, he's not going to put that into a contract, so I feel very affirmed in my stance here. Second of all, can you imagine telling your lawyer it's like, I, I have a very big request, and the lawyer being like, what? And it's like, I mean very big. Uh, my sack sometimes drops a little bit, and I just I need some assistance there. Can I get somebody to check on that? And do you mind making it part of my contract so it's legally binding? Just Put it in my writer. <laughs> Uh, Cody, you know, it was so cool seeing you on there. Uh, I do have a few issues with the broadcast. Have you had a chance to actually sit down and watch any of the broadcast yet? Uh, no, I haven't, man. I got to watch the third round again on like mute, but that's the only part I've been able to see so far. (laughs) Wait, you watched the third round on mute. Explain to me why just the third round on mute. That, I don't know, man. They recorded it, and it was like I, I could hear them and not uh, broadcast, so I just kind of put it on mute. And, oh, but, okay. uh, it, it was all good, man. I like the idea that it was just the third round that they were too busy DVRing like Seinfeld reruns. Yeah, right. And they couldn't give Instead you the full fight. The whole fight. It's like you know they <laughs> you know they recorded the whole fight. They just wanted to post the third round. Yeah. Now, talk us through, you know, what surprised you, what was interesting about the fight, what was something that you didn't expect out of yourself. What, well, tell us all of it. Tell us everything you can. Yeah, the insider <laughs> stuff you remember. Yeah, what surprised me is that I went three rounds with the dude who knocked out Eduardo Dantes on my feet, man. I, uh, 
that definitely wasn't the game plan, you know. Um, I obviously got rocked once, but uh, besides that, you know, I was surprised that I went three rounds on my feet with this dude and uh, outstruck him, in my opinion, and the judges. You know, I know a couple people were upset and, you know, weren't too impressed with the fight, but um, I had fun, man. I did some weird, crazy shit that I do when I spar, and uh, I, I got to have a fun time, you know. I, I, I had some pretty uh, decently serious injuries that, you know, I almost pulled out of this fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, I almost pulled out of this fight. And, um, you know, for having those injuries, not to make excuses, you know, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't grapple at all. I, I was warming up in the back trying to grapple with my coach, and, you know, they were thinking about pulling me from the fight, you know. And so, I, you know, I, I did what I could, and, you know, if he's upset and everybody wants to see our rematch and by all means you know let me heal up and uh we'll we'll do it again what do you what can we ask what's the injury i don't know this yeah i um what what is it um i tore the cartilage in my ribs or separated (sighs) separated the ribs or whatever and then uh had a fun little shoulder injury that uh i've been dealing with but you know, nothing, you know, surgery needed, just stuff that needs time to heal. And uh, sure. instead of taking that time to heal and pulling out of the fight, I, you know, I did what I could. No, man. I mean, as a person who would probably go out of a fight with a paper cut, how do you do that <laughs> mentally? Like, where does your mind go in order to to make it through not just going into the cage, but to go through three rounds of what looked like, a tough battle between an opponent that you yourself is, have pretty much said that. I mean, he's a high-caliber opponent for you, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, what kept me from pulling out of the fight was the fact that, you know, I, I had bills due and I haven't fought since May, you know? Um, and also, you know, I, I really have a firm and uh, strong faith in the fact that, you know, God opened the door for me and I wasn't injured when I took the fight. And, um, you know, things happen for a reason. I took the fight, and, you know, I should follow through with my word. And I was kind of half faith that I was going to pull through the fight, whether or not, you know, I won or lost or I performed well or not. You know, I just kind of had to have a little faith and go after it. How much does your strategy shift when you're that injured? A lot, man. My strategy is to take him down and beat the crap out of him until he gives up his mission. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I... I tried a couple takedowns and it wasn't working, man. So my strategy, you know, there was no strategy. It was just, you know, three rounds of freestyle and trying not to get knocked out and touch him. I like that. Uh, I do wonder, so is there something, because specifically, do you find it easier to avoid worsening an injury stand-up defense-wise or sort of playing uh, an active guard? I'm assuming stand-up based off of the fight, but talk me through that. Yeah, it it was easier to um, deal with on my feet. I mean, there there was one point in the fight where he uh, he hit me pretty clean, and uh, mm-hmm. thankfully it was the last few seconds of one of the rounds, man, because it uh, it about killed me, and um, I got the recovery time with that. But it was it's a lot easier to deal with on my feet than it is to uh, try and grapple with right now. But um, take a couple weeks off, and uh, I'll be back at it healed up hopefully. That's good. Um, damn, son. I mean, I'll say this, and uh, Kevin and I have talked a little bit about this, but 
the cartwheel is a nice <laughs> thing that we like to do for calisthenics and you know it's great for jujitsu it really does show your balance and your dexterity whatever okay it's a 13 year old girl's first... move cody that's all i have to say hold on <laughs> kevin let let me finish here okay at what point do you decide okay i love the cartwheel but let's attach a kick to it just see what the fuck happens <laughs> yeah man um my my whole philosophy is like you know I, I drill traditionally i'm trying to get well-rounded in the sport you know that's everybody's goal is to be the best well-rounded fighter and um yeah you know as much traditional muay thai and boxing as i work i also try and do some things that you know are unorthodox and just stuff that's unpredictable you know because i i don't see myself being you know the next Anderson Silva on my feet. But, you know, I want to be able to do unpredictable stuff so that if I can't wrestle, like, you know, the fight I just had with my injuries, that I'm able to, you know, survive on my feet and hang with some of these top guys, you know. So it's just some fun I was having. And I've done it in sparring a few times, and it's made people laugh. I was like, well, if I miss, you know, at least some people will laugh, you know. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely added a nice sense of flash into it. But I, I think we can circle back around to, the, you know, you mentioned that some people were not pleased with the fight. Do you think if they yeah. were to know kind of with the injury, and like you said, you're not making an excuse because you actually fought three rounds. So I don't really think once you fight three rounds, you really. Yeah, you don't the... even have to put that caveat. It's not like yeah. not to make excuses. It's like, well, no, you right. literally can't make excuses. You already fought the fight. fight. <laughs> like, the, the fight's fight over. The fight. <laughs> fought every winning. second of the fight you possibly could. But do you feel that just based off of, I guess, the Ultimate Fighter and and stuff like that, that you still have these people who are just internet trolls who are just still going after you and and have a higher expectation for you? Yeah, I mean, I got booed walking into the fight, you know, walking out. So some of the crowds had a little, you know, predestined hate for me and wasn't going to cheer regardless, but... To be fair, it's Florida, so it's not a high caliber of human being to begin with. It's really not. So I I had fun, and, um, you know, anybody I ran into after the fight was nothing but, you know, smiles and happy to meet me. So it it didn't bother me, you know. I'll do better next time, I guess. Now, was there a moment that you thought, I guess, when they were about to announce, did, did you have a moment where you thought it could have gone the other way? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was pretty confident I won the fight, but I didn't know. You know, I've never fought in Florida before. I didn't know how the judges were. So I was a little yeah. worried, man. You know, just I, assume crazy. And I didn't know if you know the the knockdown he got. You know, was still fresh in their head. You know, I didn't know how they scored that fight. To be honest, you know, that fight really could have gone either way. And um, you know, I felt like I won. I felt like I hit him three times as much as he hit me. You know, I I don't have a scratch on me, and his face kind of tore up. But um, you know, I the fight could have gone either way, and you know, I'm happy it went my way. So there I think we, we go. were too. So I think we were, we were all in but... agreement. It was it was kind of nice to see it go. I think the way we all liked it to go. We'll tell nice and <laughs> yeah. Tyson Nam to come get on our podcast. Maybe we'll cheer for him a little bit more. But until that day, fuck that guy. <laughs> 
I know, so, right? <laughs> yeah. Screw that guy, man. No, it's nice and easy. Be like, man, let me heal up and I'll get after him and I'll finish him next time. I, I have a feeling you're not going to end up getting held. Is I mean, people always sort of... It was a night of explosive early finishes, and sometimes that can be almost damaging to the main card. So as the card rounded out, the fights kind of happened the way they were supposed to, right? Sometimes people... I think those first few fights tend to get an unnecessary amount of pressure to be a little bit more exciting and not as strategic, um, which uh-huh. is maybe not necessarily working into your fairness, right? That's because uh, the last yeah, two fights I'm were like a favor, man. Exactly, you were giving people <laughs> some fights to watch because the last two fights were over in like forty six seconds combined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I think it rounded out not terribly. Okay. What surprised you the most about Tyson Nam? The fact that he came over me, bro, he was doing interviews and talking about how, oh, he's confident, I'll make weight. And, you know, that was obviously the big thing leading up to this fight that was in everybody's head that, oh, Cody Bollinger, is he going to make weight? Can he make weight? Will it affect this fight? <laughs> Shit like that. And he yeah. shows up at 136.2, freaking dying, and I'm sitting over there feeling good at 135 point whatever you know, on weight and ready to go. And he shows up overweight, man. That That's what surprised me. Now, Cody, <laughs> I know that maybe this isn't the right thing to do. And, and this is maybe why Kevin and I aren't fighters. But when a person doesn't <laughs> maybe. make weight, that is your opponent. Um, is the right idea to sit there with like a giant piece of cake and just stare at them as you slowly eat it? Oh, yeah, man. It, I, it's their fault for missing you on after what just happened to me, I don't feel bad at all. You know, I, I drink my stuff and rehydrate it as soon as possible. But and he, man's a cool guy. You know, he he was upset. I'm assuming he still thinks he won that fight. And he he was a nice guy before the fight. He was cool during the fight, and you know, I bought him a beer after the fight. But um, like I said, if he really thinks he won that fight, we can have a rematch when I'm healed up, and I, I promise to finish. That's uh, it's pretty cool of you to to buy him a a drink uh, instead of initiating a fourth round. I think <laughs> yeah, most yeah, people exactly. <laughs> pretty happy about that. Cody, yeah. I have to ask you this because I, I noticed this as a, a recurring thing with you. <clears throat> when you are in there, you sometimes do this half wipe your feet, half almost going to bull charge thing that you do that looks both honorable and as if you don't want to track Prince into the house. <laughs> Man, Walk me through what slippery, that is. Dude. Yeah, yeah I, I was slipping a little in the cage just from previous fights, the water or something. If I've done that in previous fights, then maybe I'm just crazy and I think the cage was slippery. <laughs> but I, I, I thought he was slipping too. We, me and him kind of both agreed that there's parts of the cage we were going to circle out from because it was a little Sweet. slippery. Because it's not like I've seen you do it a, a, a giant amount of times, but it was enough where I go, <laughs> I've seen that before. And I'm just like, do you have this problem where you just don't like mud in your house? And you're like, no, really wipe your feet, people. Just yeah, man, I, I took some skin off the bottom of my foot because I was wiping uh-huh. my feet so hard. But uh, it was slippery, man, so I had to wipe my feet. Oh, dude. I love how, like, I don't think anybody who was watching the fight would have known half of the things that are going through your brain or what was transpiring <laughs> in there. Because, you know, we watched the fight and we're kind of like, oh, okay, that what what happened in uh, the first round. That's what happened in the second round. 
I just like that yeah. they're all smaller little things that now we have, I guess, the coolness of getting to know, right, Kevin? I also get curious, do you guys talk about, like, your post-celebrations? Is that something that happens before you go out, or was it all spur of the moment? Um, we we kind of planned that, you know, we were going to go eat certain places, and I, I, I don't know, man, I, before the fight, I was planning on, you know, having more than a few beers, and having a really good time but we just went out and yeah you know it, it's been a while but no we just went out and you know had a good meal and just had a few beers and kind of relaxed you know so does anybody do you guys talk about what about the post cage celebration the post fight is there anybody that's no, like hey you're not going to steal butterfly kisses to the audience are you because i was going to do that <laughs> no but i think i might have to do that now I love it. <laughs> Raph and I have strongly been thinking about a business where we just counsel fighters on how to maximize their reputation building. Uh, maybe uh-huh. next time you're injured, have them bring in like a crutch and maybe like a nurse to just kind of be like, look, I can I can beat you up halfway out of a hospital. And then you could use that line. And people are going to be like, that Cody Bollinger's unprofucking dictable. We don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, exactly, man. Right on. <laughs> I mean, I might take it one further, and I might go the old school Undertaker route, where you just have somebody bring a casket that you just kind of go, "No, we don't need it. Not this time. Close. We don't need it. Yeah, not yet. Close, have a sense of humor about it. Just like send it back. <laughs> he fought That's honorably, awesome. and he's still standing. It's cool. Uh, Cody, this is something I've been. Well, we're more than happy to consult with you on any one of those. This is something that I I was so excited to talk with you about because you took so much shit uh, at the end of the show. And we had you on right after it ended. And you were so good about having a great sense of humor about it. We had great jokes about it. And the one thing I told you was, I am so mad at you that you didn't give me the opportunity to make fun of Anthony Gutierrez on The Ultimate Fighter. (laughs) So then, a few weeks later, the show decides to continue going on, as it must do. But with one small change, the guy who was mad you didn't make weight didn't make weight. (laughs) Tell me your thoughts when you heard of this and after. I, I thought it was pretty funny, man. It, it was obviously, you know, I don't wish bad on anybody, and it's not Anthony's fault that I missed weight, you know. So it it sucks for him, and you know, you you think you would have learned from me, but he didn't, and you know, he he paid the price I paid, and you know, hopefully he can bounce back like I did. We'll see. I mean, I hope so. His it post was video so wasn't important. nearly as good. His post yeah, video his was post the video saddest. Was- he shot it in a webcam. He also made a really funny, like, inappropriate joke on his <laughs> apology. Something about the hardest is, you know, you get a guy who just had a an opponent miss weight, and then he decides to go straight into the Miracle Whip and eat as many pizzas as he can. <laughs> and, like, pinky swear to Ronda. He's like, I'm not going to miss fight. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to eat as much as I can. And then just, like, calm. And... <laughs> It like my brain just exploded to the point where again it wasn't even fun to make fun of his episode because at least with you, I feel you were very honest about you know not making weight, and with his it was just it was rough to watch. Yeah, 
he went to bed and somehow gained six pounds because he <laughs> clearly yeah, that was a little funny. <laughs> it, it, hearing his team kind of like Sherlock him out and recount the things he ate was like, oh my god, this place must have been a fucking nightmare to live, just with people constantly <laughs> judging everything you're eating. Yeah, that that was one of the things about being in a tough house, man. You you go eat something little, you know, or you go have like an extra bite of, you know, your chicken and everybody's mad dogging you like, Oh, you better watch it. You know? <laughs> now I can't say anything, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious to see if they have like a huge, after all of the, the missed weights in the last one, I'm curious to see if they uh, have anything for this next series, but <laughs> What's going on next for you, Cody? Um, you're going to heal up. Do you have a timeline on uh, what it's going to look like fighting-wise and sort of the healing process? Um, no timeline yet. I mean, uh, I'm not fighting in March, that's for sure. I'm just going to heal up and uh, help my little brother get ready for, you know, his uh, wrestling season. I might might end up jumping into this wrestling thing called Agon that uh, CF is putting on you know, strap up my wrestling shoes one more time. But uh, as of right now, man, I got nothing planned, and I'm not going to be planning anything for, you know, at least a week. So I'm going to take my time and enjoy the win. <laughs> at least a week. That's good. <laughs> Cody's like, January's done, guys. Yeah. But I'm going to give it yeah. <laughs> one to six weeks before I make a decision on how I'm feeling. Well, we were <laughs> stoked to see the results. People can still find you on Twitter at Bam Bam Bollinger. Uh, yeah, at Cody Bollinger, yes, sir. At Cody Bollinger. I'm sorry. I go with the Bam Bam. What's your brother's <laughs> nickname? Do you call him Little Bams? Or is it like... No, he's... I can't call him Little Bam. He, all right, so the dude's 18, but he's like six foot one, 185, and just solid muscle. So I can't really call him Little, man. I'm like the little brother. Sucks. Uh, so he's more in charge, especially in the nickname. Yeah, that'll make sense. Well, hopefully he'll be following some MMA. That's yeah. going to do it for us here tonight with Cody Bullinger. We were stoked to see the results. Raf was tweeting out feverishly. Um, we can't wait to talk to you again. We hope the recovery goes well. You get all healed up. And seriously, yes, thank, thank you, you for guys for having time. me on, guys. No, yeah, thank, dude, thank you guys. Anytime. Sorry I missed the last one, man. And, uh, it was just a busy week and like this. So I was dealing with some injuries and stuff. So thank you guys for having me on. Let me uh, try and make it up. You uh, <laughs> you act like you were fighting last week or something. With <laughs> uh, I will say this, Cody. It is such a, a great thing of you to take the time out to talk with us the day after a fight. So you know you're you're part family here. So anytime we can help out you or any of your projects, uh, we always want to be in touch with you, and we want to be in touch with you for when you get healed up and you start going who to whoever you're going to be fighting next. Uh, we're excited for it. Right on, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Cody Bollinger. Whew. Cody Bollinger. Always a pleasure. Yeah. An exhausting young lad living a crazy life. Raph, in our last podcast. You're so stupid. <laughs> I know, and I apologize to the listeners. <laughs> oh, hey, a uh, real note, though. Cody just texted me, said he had a good time. So, hmm. success. 
Oh, cute. Yeah, well, success for you. You guys are texting. You're on a personal basis. I'm still on the outside looking in on this whole relationship. Just the occasional podcast host. Well, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. BJJTrainingJournal.com. We talked to... Uh, we talked to Amichi last week, and it's just mm-hmm. so fucking cool. A yeah. week later, are you using it? You? What are you thinking? Yes. Um. So what I am doing right now is I'm actually logging uh, some blogs that are hopefully going to be kind of funny, kind of serious, uh, I guess, uh, recollections of stuff that I've been doing in training for the past week. Uh, now, mind you, I'm not going to blow your mind and teach you a technique. That's not what I do. I'm not a black belt. I don't have the the gravitas to pull that off. But what I can do is I can tell you what you know stuff that I see and my my training partners see, and uh, hopefully introduce you guys to seeing what it is that's so cool about this this new program. And I've actually I'm actually trying to invite people who I train with to sign up for it as well, so they can record how many times they tap me out because I think that might be fun for them. Hmm. Um, It'd be fun for me if I were around. I agree. So yeah, yeah, you're right. That would it be would fun. be. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It, it's a cool little contraption. And now the mat tracker that uh, records how many days that you are going to go train is starting to get a little less sassy with me. Oh, good. Because last week I trained five days, Jesus. and it was like, okay, I guess you trained fine this week. So it got a little. Go a little aggressive. respect for me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Congrats. Oh. Go you. Thank you. Um, but a little fun stuff like that. So I, I highly encourage you guys. And also on our write-up for this podcast uh, at verbaltabcast.com, there's also a link where you can friend me on there. So ah. you can, uh, see my notes, my status updates, because uh, we always try and write something funny after every time I train. So please, I would highly implore you guys to go friend me on there. I love this, and I will friend you on there, Raph. I'm speaking from the listeners. I'm just speaking on the listeners. I'm just saying. All right, let's. Hey, let's get to our next interview. Let's go talk to some uh, more fighters, strikers. It's a fun day. At the Verbal Tap Studios, especially when we get to interview some of our own. We have two lovely fighters on the line from Systems Fight Team or STC MMA, Dimitri Gerizmov and Marcus Koval. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Dimitri, how are you? Quite well. It's uh, Gerasimov, by the way. It's Gerasimov? (laughs) Damn it. Just to be clear. I'm going to put this down. Not tell you how many times Kevin tried to get that name right. And much like watching a crash landing happening right before you, where you see a train wreck about to happen, you just go, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, it was so awesome. The best part uh, is, I got, I was the show for a second. I'm like, crap, I've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> God damn it. I did practice it if it's the thought that counts. I don't know. No, I'll ask my ex-girlfriend it isn't. <laughs> Marcus Koval. How are you doing this evening, Marcus? Great. Absolutely fabulous. 
Now, this is a teaser to something later, but are we talking to Marcus the fighter, or are we talking to Marcus the interviewer? Today, you, you, the in-between guy, the, the guy that kind of gets the two together, the mender. <laughs> Raph, can you translate? I don't understand a word that comes out of his mouth. I'm normally just so enamored by your accent, Marcus. I find it intoxicating. Uh, but that sounded like a good answer. What Marcus is saying is he's been punched in the head of pot, <laughs> so he's not quite sure who he is. This is all an exploratory discovery to find out by the end of the podcast who the real Marcus Koval is. <laughs> Gentlemen, you two are not just here because of your crazy wit and hard-to-pronounce last names. You have a fight coming up. Um, talk to us about the upcoming event and what we can expect and a little bit out of your opponent. Let's start with you, Dimitri. Uh, so, I, for me, it's my first time fighting on RFA. Fight, uh, it's a bigger stage for me. Um, pretty exciting. My third pro fight uh, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, to be fighting on a show like RFA for my third pro fight, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal for me. Um, I, RFA, for those that aren't that aren't aware, Resurrection Fighting Alliance is uh, it's not just a local show. Um, it's on shows throughout the country, and they've had uh, eight fighters go on to uh, the UFC, so it's a pretty, pretty big opportunity. Um, fighting this guy named Jordan Sordia. Uh, he's a guy with a boxing background. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a striker myself, and uh, yeah, it should be an exciting fight. Now, you have a Taekwondo background, right? Yes, sir. Now, you were also a state champion in that, or am I just making up facts at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm a, I was a brown belt, brown belt state champion. Sweet. Brown belt state champion, very cool. Uh, how much groundwork have you done, or is it almost exclusively stand-up? Uh, I, I stretch out on the ground. There we go. <laughs> then, you, uh, then you've got the foundations already. <laughs> No, 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 I'm just kidding. I, I, I extensively. I, I mean, I've been training jiu-jitsu for, like, five, about five years now. I'm a blue oh, belt cool. in uh, And I've been doing no-gi for longer than that. I, uh, I've, I've competed in tournaments before. Um, I, I won my last two fights uh, with my uh, ground game. So, so yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm confident wherever the fight goes. And I saw myself in MMA. I said that I'm a striker, but at this point, I've, I'd like to say that I'm an MMA fighter, not just a striker. Well, Ooh. I'm stoked. Raph sent me the uh, the highlight video that it looks like you just released like in the last day or two. No, that's old. No, that's from my amateur career. That was uh, my friend, uh, my friend Ashley, uh, manager at Systems Training Center, Vince Cachero, put that together for my uh, first pro fight. RFA oh, very cool. Posted, so that might be the one that you guys are looking uh, at. Yes, that's what we were looking at. I was like, this motherfucker's got some mean strikes. Marcus, let's switch over to you. Who are you fighting? Who gets the chance to step in with that accent of yours? That's the thing. I'm a little bit confused. I thought I was fighting Dima. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, fighting, I'm, I'm fighting Zach Chavez from Denver, Colorado. Uh, he's he's uh, this is gonna be his third pro fight, but he only has one loss at uh, quite a few amateur fights, and his last fight was for RFA as well. He was nominated as fight of the year. It was a war between him and Danny Maynard, who's a great fighter as well. He won off his back um, in a, in, a, in a decision. 
switching between arm bars and triangles, and it was a bloody mess. Both of them were a bloody mess. So uh, I'm expecting he's tough. He's sure he's five five, very stocky, looks a lot bigger um, than most 135ers, but he's two inches shorter than me. And uh, he, I had an interview with him. You know, he's a he's a high school, high level high school wrestler and black belt Brazilian jiu jitsu. So it's a classical matchup between a striker and a grappler. I presume that he's gonna try to take me down, and I'm gonna try not to be taken down. And whoever does that best, I think, is gonna win the fight. Isn't that the always the best way of knowing that you were talking to a fighter when they see another guy fight and they see them go in a bloody war and they go, oh, "Yeah, I want some <laughs> of that too." <laughs> it's uh, honestly, um, I'm excited because it's it's, a, it's definitely a challenge. You know, I'm not uh, underestimating Zach's fighting abilities. I watched one of his other fights; who was getting his ass whooped for ten minutes. Came out in the third round and, and choked the guy out. You know, he's he's game. He comes to fight, and um, I, I have a pretty aggressive start as well. And I honestly think that if, you know, both of us bringing that night, it, 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 it's got. Um, where this fight is going to be his the the fight that's going to outdo his other fight of the year nominee. So what um, you're saying is Zach is a pussy and not worthy of being in the cage with you. We hear it. We hear what you're saying between the lines, Marcus. <laughs> it's it's no problem at all. You know what? It's funny. I heard, I, heard, <laughs> I, heard, <laughs> I heard this interview and he seems like a real cool guy. I actually uh, hope he gets to stay in LA for a couple of days. Maybe we can go out and have a beer after the fight. But honestly, during that those fifteen minutes, it should be, it, it should be a, a war. I'm I'm actually looking forward to. It. I'm hoping someone's filming it. Oh yeah, wait, it's gonna be um, on Access TV. But I am I'm, I'm hoping to be able to see because I think it's gonna be a fun fight to watch. <laughs> what a dumb fake plug. <laughs> oh, if only this was on TV. Wait a second, there's more. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to say as well regarding Dima's opponent I actually know Jordan I've trained with Jordan um, and I hate when that happens you know guys that you know find each other and uh, I know Jordan is, is a tough guy and, and you know I've been training with Dima on a daily basis for for, for six months and, and to see the development in, in Dima and, and that's another fight that you know if, if you are in Los Angeles Make sure you're at the Shrine Auditorium at 5 p.m. on Friday, which is right next to the USC. There's plenty of freeways getting there to get there, so be there at 5. Don't forget about the traffic, because you don't want to miss that fight. That's going to be a good fight. <laughs> I won't be able to make it, I'm sa- sadly. Yeah. Uh, good news is, I will be there in your stead, Kevin. Oh, Raph, you're quickly becoming the world's like uh, most experienced journalist from covering live MMA. So, oh yeah, Marcus and Dimitri, talk to me about how far you're out from the fight. A little bit of game plan. You guys train together, which I think is really cool. How frequently do you train together? Because I know schedules must get crazy. Every day. Oh, really? So you guys we live together. Oh, so oh, that would explain why you guys were together. Kind of one of those relationships. Okay, got it. Yeah, I get it. You know, you guys are you're obviously foreign. It's okay. <laughs> so things are different. We understand. No, how's it's uh? Not weird. It's, it's not, not weird in Europe for guys to wash each other's back. <laughs> Absolutely, I've heard that. I've heard that's very normal. 
What's your guys' training schedule like currently? What do you uh, like about being able to train together? Uh, well, Marcus has uh, got a lot of kickboxing experience, pro kickboxing and boxing. Um, my background is Taekwondo, so I've uh, I I kind of fall back on that sometimes, and he's made a lot of corrections for me. So it's been great working with him. Uh, someone with his experience, uh, he's made a lot of like just in the in the six months that we've been training together, uh, he's made a lot of corrections and. Uh, and yeah, it's been great on my part. I've uh, been able to absorb some of that wisdom um, and some of that experience. I don't know what he gets out of training with me. I'm, I'm, uh, I can kick, I guess. <laughs> I, I feel like I get a lot of the, the whole team here at Systems Training Center. It's, you know, it's, it's everyone, you know, from. Dima and Christos, both of them, uh, Christos Giagos just fought a little while ago and won as well. Like, the work ethics is very, a lot of times I feel like when I've been training, it's, I've been the, the, the leader in, in, in leading the, the, the work ethics and the motivation. And it's nice to, you know, you have days when you're tired and, and see guys are as motivated, if not more, more motivated than you to, to keep training, training hard and, uh, I, I train in a lot of places and the, the team spirit that we have, you know, everyone's training together, helping each other, shopping each other's tools to get ready for one night. It's, you know, it's, even though you, once the cage closes, you're in there by yourself. Wait, there's another guy in there. Two, two sorry, two guys. There's a referee yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the way it works. There's three total. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just explained his winning record right now. <laughs> but it's... A lot, even though, you know, that moment, you're on your own, but, you know, the whole training camp, all those weeks that you, you're training, it's, it's everyone's helping you to get to where you have to be to, to fight. That's, that's, what can I say? System training center. No, we were just saying, we actually, we attended systems training center. We shot a really funny bit there. Um, Raf was cornering me and not doing a very good job, if you can believe it. Uh, so we like it. I really like the setup you guys have in some of the versatility. Like there's plenty of room for a jujitsu class on the, the sort of black mats with the wall. And then you guys have a nice full size ring in there. Some really good pads on the other side. No, I, I like the training center a lot. How many hours a week are you guys there? Just ballpark me. I'm, I'm genuinely curious because you're both hard workers and teach as well and, and do all that stuff. Dima? I'm I'm probably there. I mean, I, I'm not. I have a full time job, a nine to five. Same um, here. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm in a ballpark twenty hours a week, probably. What um, about you, Marcus? I, I train about the same amount, I'd say, and uh, but I'm there from seven o'clock in the morning to nine p.m. <laughs> Thing is, you know, you you hear about people that saying that, oh, you know, I train six hours a day, seven hours a day. It's physically impossible. Like, the body can't take it. There's days that you train harder than others, and there's days you train longer than others. Uh, but maybe, I don't think, I've had days when I train up to, like, maybe five hours in a day, but it's not high pace the whole time. Um, and another thing regarding Zach Chavez, I heard is in, in, in his interview, said, Oh, he owns a gym, so it must be easy for him. Yeah, access-wise, it's easy for me, but when you're running a gym, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to sit on two chairs at the same time. 
you know, either you're, you're, you're running a business or you're training. It's very hard yeah. to do both at once. So uh, it's a lot of hours of, of training, but it's also a lot of hours of work. Just so I can summarize for the record, and Raf, you can tweet this. Marcus is saying Zach's shitty at both being a business owner and a fighter, <laughs> and that he hope he continues to suck at life. Am I getting that correct? Did I take that? I don't want to re. I don't want to be a bad journalist. Exactly. That was it. Okay. Yeah, perfect. I'm not going to wait for him to confirm any of that. I'm just tweeting away as a real journalist should. That's uh, good. Now. Yeah. Dimitri, this is going directly at you. Now, I need you to respond as honest as you can to the following question. Maybe. Okay. No. I will cut you <laughs> off this fucking podcast right now. But I we'll cut out every ounce respond. of Dimitri so far. It'll sound weird, but fuck it. That's how far be like we're prepared to cents, go. And we don't even okay. give a shit. Here is the question. Dude. The question <laughs> is... What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and follow up with the reason behind that. Dimitri was supposed to give us the exclusive first interview for a podcast. And what does he do? He goes around and gives some other podunk podcast a first exclusive. Now, let me tell you something. We wanted to be your first. That was the whole reason we booked you on this goddamn podcast. So, I repeat my question. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, I, I, I auctioned off my uh, podcast virginity, and they were the higher bidder, I guess. Oh, so now I, you I, get some fancy sheik <laughs> that walks in that offers you ten cars, and you just give yourself to him. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, to I actually, uh, I actually what was the hell wrong with you? when D-Mac got that call and... Uh, I remember, because I asked him, I was a bit surprised as well, and I said, Dima, weren't you supposed to do the first podcast with, uh, with, with the Verbal Cop podcast? And, and he said, uh, uh, something about being very amateur-like, and something about not, something personal with rap. I don't know, they met a few times, and it was something personal, plus this other podcast gave him a cheap bottle of vodka, and he is Russian, so. Yeah, that is true. For, for all this demand, Dimitri, let me tell you something real quick. Okay, first of all, yes, we are amateurish and we run with that in our uh, promotional flyers. So thank you. You're complimenting us. Uh, and two, you are obviously just jealous of my facial hair. So I understand it is quite intimidating for you to go through that. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I could not. Can you hear you over how awesome my beard is? Because <laughs> <laughs> your beard goes over your ears. Because that makes sense. Okay. You don't ever want to outbeard some with like someone named Dimitri, though. I feel like you're <laughs> automatically more just predisposed to have a kick-ass beard. You know what I'm, it is? I, I'm I, arbitrary I, in this. I don't have, have a. A lot of people in his dogs. life come up and compliment him on his beard. Really? And you know what? Yeah, he has. He has had a lot of people who have treated him with the respect of a wish kid, but it's cool. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Okay. So, Dimitri, we're going to give you a second to go ahead and redeem yourself and tell us why you're happy to be on our podcast. So think about that while I address Marcus real quick. Marcus, are you ready for your problem that we have? Yes, sir. Okay. Since when did you think you were Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess from the first time I had sex, but 
When it, was it, that, Marcus? Just to be clear, was that two or three weeks ago? What was the <laughs> what was the exact date? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because of the stand-up comedy, I I, I have to say I, I I think Eddie Murphy is it's funnier than me. I love Eddie Murphy. Raw. Oh no no no! Here's the thing. Yeah, he is that, the question funny. wasn't. Do you think he's funnier than you? Just so we're clear, no one asked you that. <laughs> I was about to say Eddie Murphy is funnier than everybody on this podcast right now. But the reason why is for those of you who haven't seen it yet, we're going to put it up on our website, and we hope you do look at it. Marcus interviewed himself. In a recent interview, now Marcus is a very uh, non-accomplished journalist uh, for <laughs> MMA, but he decided to interview himself as a fighter. So, journalist to fighter. Marcus, tell us a little bit about that, and why the hell did you do that? Uh, a couple of reasons. One, uh, Dima said, why don't you just have rap interview? And I thought, uh, <laughs> I'll just do it myself. <laughs> uh, and, and two, uh, <laughs> there's actually uh, there was another interview after another fight uh, for Samurai, my last fight at Samurai, and um, just because of being being a journalist and and, and doing a lot of interviews and uh, interviewing these fighters and always having to do interviews, you know, for UFC you go out and do these interviews, you have a, a media day and and you're doing it two days before the fighting. And interviewing a fighter two days before for a fight sucks. Not just as a fighter, because I've seen that side. It's like, you don't want to do interviews. You're hungry, you're anxious about the fight. Last thing you want to do is ask the dumb questions that are always the same. And, and, and two, as, as a journalist, it's an ungrateful job having to interview someone when the answers are like, yes, no, uh, who do you want to face next? Oh, we have the point in front of me. Like, that makes for a hard interview. So I wanted to play a little bit of both sides of being the, the not-so-friendly fighter and, and, and then the journalist doesn't always ask the best questions. And it just felt like the right thing to do for, for this fight as well. To, uh... That was very funny. And I, I do have to follow up with this following question, which is, so Marcus, tell us about your, uh, your game plan going into this next fight. <laughs> a lot of times like, I, 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 I do have... Uh, game, you know, game plan, and of course I have a game plan for this fight as well. But honestly, you know, it's such a clear-cut fight where he's, you know, he. I don't care if he's been training kickboxing really hard over the past, past six months or a year. I've been doing it for so many years, and he's a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't care if I've been practicing my gogo platas and normal platas over the past three months. You know, chances of me tapping him out. You know, not great. Now, granted, we're fighting with four-ounce gloves, and 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 anyone's gonna punch his chest. But you will see me keeping this fight standing, and you will see him trying to take him down. And here's the thing: I really appreciate that you answered that, but it's so funny to me because Marcus does touch on this on that like double interview he did with himself, which is a really big interview, uh, like thing that fighters get asked all the time, but no fighter ever tells you their game plan. So it's always the most neutral question to ask them. And I thought that was one really funny part of your video. So I can't encourage people enough to do it. But Marcus was nice enough to answer in uh, what I like to call the nice fighter way, as we both are familiar with uh, journalists who are kind of like, so tell me about the fight. Did you enjoy it? (laughs) So did you see 
Eddie Murphy and think, why not me? Like, I can interview myself? No, I actually, you know, I, when you said that, I thought, why? I didn't know he was an MMA fighter. But, no, <laughs> has, has, has he interviewed himself? I've never, I never seen it. Well, he's he just plays a lot of characters. characters. And we he's just found it particularly funny because you're asking yourself about what your game plan is. I also, my favorite, without question, though, is when you mispronounced your own name. Yeah, that happens was... every single time. I fought in Mexico once, and I, on the poster it said Marco Escobar. That was my name, and that's the <laughs> worst slaughtering of my name I've ever seen. But it's it's. I understand a W is normally pronounced like a U, but my last name is pronounced like a V, and um, yeah, has to be done. Now, Dimitri, you've had enough time to think about this. Uh, if you could explain to those people who had you on on their podcast for the first time, would you take it back and would you come on and give us the exclusive all over? There's again only one right answer to this, Dimitri. That wasn't, that wasn't the question you had me thinking about right now. You I know I'm pulling a trick on you. Podcast. Oh, uh, would I take it back? I, I no. I mean. <laughs> would it change anything? <laughs> it might. I might not be as hostile but, to you. It's the no, thought no. that counts, Dimitri, like practicing your last name. How many you times guys... did that last podcast practice your last name? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm, I am really happy to be on your, your guys' podcast. I, uh, I finally uh, have a reason to listen to it, so, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And this is really – I'm going to fuck us right now. This is how you know we have somebody like him. He's not even following us on our fan page, but yet he's now on our podcast. What a dick move. Uh, I'm going to do that right now. I promise. Yeah, I know, because America will turn against you. Uh, <laughs> and if not America, several members of Sweden and Canada who also listen to this show. Right. And I will say God. this. You're, I just saw him. He just added it right now. So good yeah. job. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we, we have this nice uh, rapport with you guys because not only are you guys fighters, but you do in the Venn diagram of life uh, actually share a little bit of commonality with myself more, Kevin less. But you guys also have done stand-up comedy. Uh, can you guys explain that? And as fighters, why? Because fighting's so much cooler than getting up and telling jokes. I, I want to... I wanted to do honestly. It was it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I just I have uh, I, I felt like shitting my pants before. I have terrible taste. But I, was, I know. It's Go with that instinct. It's hilarious. <laughs> For me, it was about conquering conquering that fear, and uh, yeah, I went really well. I, I had a great time. It was it was a cool experience. Uh, and the best part, he, he goes up there. We do it. We had a stand-up comedy night um, and at the gym actually at Systems Training Center in here in Hawthorne. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Systems TC. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, was that on TV too, Marcus? Uh, no, but, uh, no, it, that's not. But it will be on YouTube. And uh, uh, and and we had a great night doing it. We actually have been hosting another one coming up now in February. And uh, it was it was really cool to do. I personally, I. I lost a bet and I did it. And and, um, and when I lost the bet, I had to go up and do it. I didn't expect the, the 
bastards who put me on there to put me on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. for seven minutes uh, at the Westside Comedy Store in Santa Monica. For someone who does no stand-up comedy, seven minutes is a long time. I had 48 hours notice to do this. And, and, and it went well, and it was on my bucket list, so I wanted to get it off my bucket list, and, and, I, and I did. And, uh, you know, a bucket list, you, you have to get stuff off your bucket list. The last thing on my bucket list was to uh, roll a golf cart. I did that on, New, on, on Christmas Day. Um, and, and, and stand-up comedy was definitely a lot better. And, and the best part with Dima's on up there was, so he does it at the, at the gym when we're doing it. And he goes up there, not does he do a really good job, he goes up there and he roasts me. <laughs> what does I mean, roasting Marcus entail, just out of curiosity? I made fun of his height. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. And, 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 yeah, yeah, but, and then he goes on about, you know, how his mom's had five abortions. And I'm like, how about... How about how, how am I even going to, how am I even going to, you know, get back at him and how do you make fun of a guy who's just been up there telling a bunch of strangers that his thunder is a whore? You know, it is, it's impossible. <laughs> it is, it is a tough act. I don't know how to give you guys advice on how to follow abortion, but I can tell you the two gentlemen <laughs> that side are funny. So that is the, the funny part for me to watch you guys do this. As you've noticed here tonight. Is... Hi, yes. mom. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Let's be real. If your mom's listening to this, she'd probably like the fan page a lot quicker than you would have. I assume uh, she just walked through the door. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, was... I just I like the idea that for these two in particular, though, like I need you guys to tell me if somebody roasts you and you have the ability to spar each other, does that carry over? Because that doesn't happen with comics. With comics, you go up there, you make fun of somebody, and then you're just like, "Ha, that guy can't beat me up, so I'm good." It's a different story with you guys. I never thought of it that way. I think it's actually, I think it's, re- it's really a similar exchange. I mean, it's uh, uh, rolling with the punches. Um, you know, it's all, take- <laughs> it's all taking a good strike, both sparring with each other and, you know, clowning on each other. I mean, Marcus, Marcus cracked some jokes in retaliation during his set. Yeah. What is the, what is the worst joke that Marcus has told about you, Dimitri? Oh, jeez. I don't know. There's so many. Uh, oh, what was... I, I don't even remember. Marcus. I will compliment you guys, though, real quick, because I think this is cool. You always hear about people trying to stretch themselves mentally when they're fighting, and I don't know if you guys put this much work into it, and I highly doubt it after a 30-minute conversation with you, but maybe you guys hosting a... It's sort of a renaissance time i mean to have a comedy night at an mma gym where there's so much testosterone and masculinity but there's also a lot of comedy i think is really cool and i bet it ends up making you guys stronger in the fights coming up against that oh guy God. marcus can't stop Kevin talking shit on just <laughs> went into the marcus caval land of transitions i nailed it wow <laughs> i nailed it that was terrible i transitioned the fuck out of that um, so why have a comedy night for, specifically for the people in the gym? And it was pretty successful though as well, right? Like there was quite a few people there from what I saw. We had about a hundred people there and it was, it was even the comics that were there. We had some pretty big names as well. And they, 
they're like, damn, that's a really grateful crowd. And, and uh, um, it was it was a fundraiser for, you know, a lot of the kids that train at the gym, uh, Connor for Gubs. This had nothing to do with them. We didn't raise, didn't raise some money for them. I just wanted to yeah. say that. No, no, no. Oh, okay. it, was, it, was, it was for equipment, for, you know, a lot of the stuff. We, we're in Hawthorne, you know. A lot of the, the guys that train, they can't afford equipment. So we got a bunch of stuff, like pads and, and tie pads and focus pads and stuff. So we raised money for that. And uh, we're a new gym. Ultimately, one day we, we won't have to do it. But it was, it's bonding. Like I said, again, you know, we have a team. I feel, 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 feel that we have something special going on and, and uh, comedy night is one of them and we, we do other things we have parents nights out for the kids for the parents drop the kids off and the kids have a, like a movie night and and get kids get piñatas and you know so rap you know I'm, <laughs> you, you can come down um, I just and, I and, was really hoping that when you say that the kids get a piñata it's like the least favorite person on your team and they just give them a wiffle bat and let them go nuts <laughs> Hey guys, just to go back real quick, worst uh, worst joke that Marcus ever cracked at me was probably uh, calling my mother a whore on a uh, public podcast. Mind <laughs> 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 you, know, he did a good one. I, I mean, he said something, and I said something about about his mother uh, on Facebook, and he and he adds his mother on the comment below and say, "Hi, mom. Look what Marcus wrote." Uh, what a great place to i guess bring this interview to a halt i don't is there anything else we talk about this is great we gotta have you guys on all the time i was about to say Uh, where can you do this Uh, yeah let him do it let's let's set the clock at like a minute and let them you know both... how Marcus is. You no, I know, know how he is. But that's okay. okay. I'm going to cut him off. Like, he knows that I oh, will okay. actually edit the podcast so that he only gets a minute. So, Marcus. So, all Marcus says Dimitri... is Dimitri's mother's a whore over and over that's again. Right. That's have... the only comment people hear. You have one minute of free time, Dimitri, to make your shout outs, to be followed by one minute of Marcus interviewing himself as both journalist <laughs> and fighter. So I can't believe the three of us were welcome on this today. I assumed Marcus would yeah. take over the podcast and just it is true. knock me <laughs> so off. So let's it. start with Dimitri. Go for it. You have your minute starting. Go. All right. Well, I'm not going to plug the gym because I'm sure Marcus is going to do all that. Uh, but uh, I just want to say a big shout out to my team at Systems, uh, my coach Ian, uh, Team Victory, Coach Rod, uh, everyone, uh, everyone in my Every one of my friends that comes and supports my fights, everyone that's like just dropped a comment on my Facebook, you all know who you are. Everyone in Minnesota, uh, my family back home in Minnesota, my beautiful, lovely fiance Amy, who cooks me crazy, delicious, healthy food and puts up with all this bullshit. Um, and anybody else who's following, anyone else who's a fan of MMA, you guys keep the sport alive. It's a great sport on earth. Thank you. Well done. Uh, that was at 45 seconds. Marcus, I have to reset the clock because I know how you go. You have one minute starting now. Interview yourself. I would say I have a minute at 15 because uh, I'm taking 15 wheels from Systems Training Center. But I'll interview myself. Marcus, first of all, I'd like to ask you, you know, is anyone in particular that you want to give thanks to? And 
No, you know, it's just the same guys as always, you know, my team. Why, why would anything be different? Everyone asks the same question, who do you want to thank? Who do you think you want to thank? Maybe the people that helped me get ready for this. Maybe the people that helped me financially through this, which in this case are my sponsors, RevGear. Thank you very much. Um, Dinah, Dinah started. I've uh, been great. Thank you for that. And they were just on uh, another podcast about how they've helped uh, support fighters. Thanks for that. Acne Clothing from Sweden, being the first Swedish First fight appeared to to be uh, sponsored by Acne. That's a big honor for me. Swedish American Chamber of Commerce to be sponsored by them is great. And uh, obviously, when I think Season Life Cards has always been there, supportive. And happy birthday to Sasa, the owner of Season Life Cards. It was a birthday yesterday. Always supportive. And uh, yeah, just fitnesscenter.com, amazing website. You know, anything to do with fitness, um, Hardcore and CrossFit. Nominated as a strength conditioning gym um, of the year in MMA world. Also yeah, located, by the way, at yep. System Training Center. All right. Close enough. Uh, Marcus, wow. You know the best part about that whole experience was listening to you try and come up with character distinctions. You're like, I think one character should talk like this, and one character should talk like this. <laughs> So congratulations on making them two very realized, different uh, personalities. But you guys are a blast. I cannot wait to watch you guys fight. We are so stoked. I know Kevin and I really, really enjoy you guys. So uh, we're going to be there in support. Kevin will be supporting from the East Coast. And uh, I'm going to hopefully be able to talk with you guys as soon as you finish winning over at uh, the fights next week at RFA. Woo! And uh, I also want to say thank you to you guys, actually, because one of those is that, you know, it's, and I feel a little bit bad about Dima doing the podcast with someone else because I know I dedicate to you guys are and you're true fans of the sport. You don't just, you know, do this because you want to do this. I guess that's a good reason. But you are, you, you're fans of it. You're out there. You watch it. You talk about MMA. You live it. You train. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, Dimitri Garismov. How was that? Fucked it up again. Gerasimov. Gerasimov. It's got some more gira. We need like a tilde or something over the R. You know to give us we didn't deserve to have him first, but I'll tell you G- this much. <laughs> Those fuckers on the other podcast fucked up his name just as much, so I don't feel that bad. Gerasimov. Okay, Ed Marcus, come on. Thank you guys very much. It was our it's pleasure. It's cool, man. <laughs> this is the part of the show, if you don't listen to it, where Raph and I talk about the guests. Who did you think was more flippant about the rules of the podcast? Cody Bam Bam Bullinger or our friends from Systems Training Center, Marcus Koval and Dimitri? Friends is a strong term. Friends is a strong term. You're right. I, I use that too much, I think. Yeah. The people that we had on second on the podcast <laughs> that seemed nice. to be a little more testy. They lacked before. professionalism? Is well, that so fair? Do we, Can I, well, on. I'm just saying, yeah, but we're not guests. That's true. You can't you can be professional at your own house. That's true. We do try and class it up whenever we go to other people's homes. Absolutely. So maybe, hey, let that be your lesson 
Though they're mm. a fight team. What do you expect? This type yeah. of barbaric behavior is common amongst the hooligans that both enjoy and partake in the fight community. I will say this. <laughs> Those two are some of the most fun people that you can be around. Just yeah, because not good. only can they kick your ass, but they're also super casually nice, funny people, which is very rare because sometimes people take themselves a little too seriously. And I like it when we have a whole podcast cast that would really enjoy hanging out together. And I feel like Cody Bollinger would mostly just be like, Mark, Marcus, so funny, man. Just so leave funny. the impressions to me. I will do that. I will leave the impressions to you just so everyone's clear. Um, that will stay with Raph. All right. I think uh, you ready to do some shout outs? Yep. I'm all set. Um, I- I've got a shout out, guys. Wait. What? What is that? Where's Marcus? Marcus, are you still Have you on been the on line? this whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured I figured I'd take you out so I can I can help you with the shout outs. I wanna start with with uh, saying for anyone, even if you don't go to the fight, which you should do this Friday the twenty fourth, I try an auditorium in Los Angeles for OFA twelve, which is gonna be some of the best fights ever with a t- total combined record of all the fighters of seventy nine six. You can't go wrong going to that fight. But after the fight, even if you don't go to the fight, make it out to Hollywood, to our after party. Me, Dima, Peter, we're going to be at Create Nightclub in Hollywood. And uh, just say that you're on our list. And that's where the after party for that fight is going to be. Just wanted you guys to know that as well. That's why I wanted to stay on so you didn't miss that part. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Whew. You're after welcome. party, I'll be uh, half a country away from. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, is that it, Marcus? Y'all set now? That's it, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Whew. Bye. <laughs> I don't think you've ever had anybody just pretty sure he's got a shout out like that. That's really weird. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you. Question. Thank you. Do we say thank you when somebody stalks the podcast, stays on, and then interrupts? Uh, You're welcome. That's what that is. (laughs) I'll finish. That is a better word. Two words, but I'm with you. Um. BJJ and MMA Training Academy out in Chantilly, VA. Been a great week of training. I'm injured and people are being really nice, which is super helpful. Um, Do you just go, hi, um, try not to get my back? I just tell them I might back tap, which means I'm just in pain. But, you know, people just rolling positionally, working on some things I can that are within my mobility, which is always helpful. No concept jiu-jitsu out in Maryland. Hey, if you're in Kansas City, check out KCBJJ. Over in the crazy crew up in there. I think that's going to about do it for me, Raph. Of course, we want to thank BJJ Finder, the world's premier jiu-jitsu school locator. You head over to BJJFinder.com or you download the app. You can instantly get access to any gym near you registered. And there are so many damn gyms registered, it's easy to find. That'll do it for me, Raph. Shout-outs to you, sir. Unless, wait, Marcus? No, I think we're good. Okay. Sweet. Finally gone. <laughs> now we can say all the shit about him we want. And we this is a, this is actually a great test to see if they listen to this part because oh, that is fuck Marcus when and fuck Dimitri. You are a person who interviews yourself in a video. Narcissism be profound. Correct. I don't know that you make it past the parts you're in the podcast. So maybe we should say something as a marker to see if he actually listened to past where he was. Hmm. I like this bet. I like this ante up. 
I think maybe we say something like, um, Marcus never officially got his green card to live in America. Fun fact. <laughs> and uh, I hope I don't accidentally... Oh, already texted it to my friend overnight. I hope that doesn't... <laughs> it's really easy when you have people who live in Washington, D.C. who can do that sort of thing. Hey, hey when I'm near the government. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's that. But let's give real shout-outs to Valley Martial Arts Center. B-B-M-T-A-C-C. Uh, Valley Martial Arts Center, such great training this week. Um, got there a lot. I hope they're going to be really into reading some of the nonsense I put to the page uh, about those training experiences. So it'll be really fun uh, if you guys want to keep a log on that, just go to bjjtrainingjournal.com. You'll hear all of my training nonsense and some fun. Because what, what's training without some fun in there, right? Amen, man. Dude, they and, ask, they uh, ask about me and VMAC. People say, hey, say, hey, how's that Kevin? How's that Kevin? No one asks about you. Fuck, fuck. Okay. Um, in fact, I deplore when people ask about you at VMAC that I just shoot down. Like, I think one time Zach was like, hey, how's Kevin doing? And I was like, he's dead to us. <laughs> Just really <laughs> honestly. honestly. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But, um, yeah, good training, good stuff. I really want to give shout-outs to Zach and Andre, who are about to go compete next week. Um, you know, whenever people get into competition mode, all I ever do is try and be the best partner I can. So for those two this week – I will do my best to give you guys hell and get you guys uh, ready for Gracie Nationals. And also, to our newest member of the VMAC family, Brian Singer, who, at first when he told me his name, it's right when we're about to to start rolling, and he goes, hi, my name's Brian Singer. And I go, like the director? And he rushes in on me as I'm making that, like, thought face that's like, the director. Ah! <laughs> um, but he is a, he's a good, good guy. And uh, he is going to be such a great addition. He did one of the best things I saw. He adds me on Facebook. And his first post that I got to see was, just joined VMAC, was at the dojo for three hours. This is one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And we'd like to affirm that because welcome to the club, man. We couldn't be happier to have you in our jiu-jitsu crazy dysfunctional family. Especially out there in VMAC. Great place to train. Beautiful place to train. But I think that will do it for me this week. Hey there, ladies and gents. You can find us on iTunes, of course, Verbal Tap, MMA Comedy Podcast, VerbalTapCast.com. Find us on Twitter, at VerbalTapCast. Look for us on YouTube, where we got Halleck Gracie to say yes to a sequel to G and the Gee. Yeah, that type of stuff that Raph and I do is all out there on the internet for free. And all you have to do is give us a little review over there on iTunes. Tell a friend. That's all we ask. Tell a friend to listen to the podcast. Keep spreading the MMA gospel. That's going to do us for tonight. (laughs) I got to stop drinking during these podcasts. That's going to do it for us here tonight at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and... I miss the rain down in Africa.